0: All right, I'm going to start this bullshit because I'm not waiting for him. Oh, well, we're off. Tiger Bomb Tom's out doing tripod things. So, I don't understand that life. Never have. Never you know, will. Let's, let's face it. We're in 10 right. All right, I'm going to shut up for a second and then I'm going to do a thing. Ready? All right. Do all the things. Here we go. Poot, if you listen to this to figure out where to start, no tomfoolery and... Talk fuckery. I was like, oh, I'll, I'll put a little bit of a... I'll put a little of this in the in the intro snippet. Nope. Nope. We're not rolling that way. It's in a dictatorship. I don't give a shit if you're the technology boy. But we don't play this. This is a democracy. You gotta run these things by the two of us. He won't listen. And he'll do what he wants, too, because he's a bitch. All right, beef. Just be quiet, and we'll do the thing. You're listening to... The Pittsburgh Piledriver hey.
1: Podcast.
0: It's Pittsburgh Pile driver Podcast time, because that's allegedly what we do on Thursdays of the week in which you listen to this show. Uh, oh, but it might be next week, because sometimes... The shows don't go up on time, and then they get to get. Sometimes they get edited, 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 and uh, and they get put up like Monday of the next week, or Wednesday of the day before we record the show. Sometimes they get Monday, lost. Monday, Tuesday,
2: void. Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday.
0: Yes, you should have brought in a snack. Strap in. We're going to talk about wrestling. Because... God help us. That's what we do. Because no one else... Out on the internet talks about wrestling. So we're going to make tons of money... Doing this bullshit. False. Everybody else makes money. We don't. Because we're idiots. And we have poo for technology. And the guy that records these episodes... Lives in Clearfield. And the last time they heard of the internet... It was dial-up. They're just now getting into DSL. So that's why we can't be professional. Alec Ransom, Beef the Legend, the two of us bozos are here by ourselves to talk to you about wrestling. Later to be joined by Poot the Bard. He'll stroll in whenever his minstrel time is done. Not (laughs) menstrual, minstrel. It's different. Minstrel. Minstrel time. Yeah, when his minstrel day is over. He'll be joining us to talk about wrestling. I don't know why he can make more money doing minstrel things or minstrel. I mean, let's face it, that's a booming industry. Candy he can line. do, yeah, he can. Have you seen his guitar work? Oh, he's incredible. Yeah. yeah. Do you know how much money he's made off of his guitar work and his minstreling?
2: All do, of do, it. Do you know, all
0: of it, much more than we've made off of this show. Do, so yeah, let Do you know
2: how long he's been doing it and how much of a profit he's made? No. I love you, Poot. And I, it doesn't
0: matter because he's been doing it. it. The profit he's made off of that is more profit than we've made off of this show. And the saddest I mean, thing about it is... No. Technically...
2: Saddest, what's, go, on. go ahead. No, no, just go say, ahead. I was just technically somebody bought a shirt, so, I mean, there was profit for somebody somewhere. Yeah, okay.
0: I didn't <laughs> see any of that money. None of that got put into my PayPal account. So let me just say this. Poot... Is making more money off of his minstreling than I have over the entirety that we've been ranting and raving on this alleged podcast. But let's get back to the point, okay? Poot will be joining later. Tiger Bomb's out. He's tripoding, he's out of the band because ain't nobody need that third leg uh, in this shit show. So it's Beef the Legend and Alec Ransom right here, right now, talking at you. We're going to come at you hot, come at you hard. That's what she said. What do you think about this? I didn't even know this was a thing, really, until I, I stumbled upon the Busted Open podcast, which I don't listen to on any sort of frequency. So at first, I thought that uh, freaking New Yorker that was talking was... Uh, LaGreca.
2: Russo. Yeah, I thought it was Dude. Russo. He he fucking sounds like Russo, but all fucking people from Long Island sound the same. Uh, Forgive me if one of the fucking eight listeners we have is from Long Island. No, and listen, man, I have heard people from Long
0: Island before. This dude, I swear to you, I thought that it was Vince Russo and Bully Ray talking. Like, I I know, like, they have different... I know the the Long Island accents and everything, but this dude's voice was the exact voice of of Vince Russo, and it scared the shit out of me, because I'm like, holy crap. When did Bully Ray and Vince Russo really start talking wrestling? But anyway, I didn't know that there was any sort of controversy regarding Kyrie Sane until I listened to this episode of the Busted Open podcast.
2: Or Kairi uh, Sane, if you listen to how they say it. Yeah, Kairi. Kairi Sane. Kairi. Kairi. Kairi Sane. They kept saying Kairi. I'm like, what the fuck is a Kairi? It's Kyrie. Yeah. you fucking schlubs. Yeah, mooks. How the fuck are they making more money than we are? I mean, I, I, I mean all credit to Bully Ray... The dude's a fucking wonderful wrestler and, and a great gimmick and all that. Yeah. You know, just because they got fucking better audio equipment, our opinions are better, damn it. We got better hot heart- takes.
0: Uh okay. So fuck uh, shifting slugs. shifting back into reality. Uh apparently there uh, uh, people have taken issue of people. I don't know how many people. Uh all I know is that Bully Ray and Vince Russo 2.0 even Russo, Russo here um, have taken issue with the, treat, the, treat, the tweet, the tweet, the tweet that Kyrie Sane sent out like three minutes after Asuka had, had a freak out about losing her tag team partner. Like thanking everybody, saying, oh, it was great to wrestle here and blah, blah, blah. Insert generic thank you, WWE, for the opportunity tweet. Like she's not the first to do it. She won't be the last to do it. No, but apparently these two guys are freaking out. Because and of all of the of all the hills to die on when it comes to the reality of wrestling, I don't know why this is it. We just saw extreme rules with the eye for an eye match. And this this is the this is the controversy that you're gonna freak out on and say you're killing the reality of the wrestling business.
2: To be fair, so, we did not listen to their follow-up uh, episode on the Eye for an Eye incident, so LaGreca may have fucking lost his stupid shit then, too. I listened to that episode. Did you? Okay. Yeah. Well, okay.
0: Uh, there was no losing of shit. It was just, it was pretty much, if I can remember correctly, and we'll get back to the to, the, to Keri, Kari, Kari, Kyrie, Kabuki, saying oh, here yeah. in a second.
2: Uh, That's offensive, you can't say that.
0: I can say whatever I want to, and I don't give a crap. Come get me.
2: All right. Uh, Come get
0: me. From what I took away from that episode of Extreme Rules, it was, it was pretty much everything that we touched on and talked about. It, it, I, I think we're – all of us are kind of in agreement. Uh, you know, uh, one of the two guys, uh, Rooster 2.0 or Bully Ray, brought up the fact that how are you going to pop this guy's eye out of his head by pushing it into the steps – Okay, that's legit. We talked about that. That's a bone I had with it. Like, that's bullshit. Like, yeah. It, and, and they made fun of, of um, Samoa Joe by saying, It's out, it's out, his eye is out. They basically thought it was stupid. You know, like, how are you going to... Like, this is, the, this is the wrestling thing that you're booking nowadays. It's, you know, 2020, you want wrestling to be taken seriously. This is, this is wrestling for you. Eye for an eye, let's take a guy's eye out. They even brought up how, uh, what, what's her face in the back? Uh, you know, came on the screen and was like, oh, the optic nerve may not be severed. And if that's the case, the eye can be salvaged at the local medical facility. And they kind of laughed like, oh, your eye's going to pop out of your head and you're going to go to a Med-Express. Because, you know, WWE can't say hospital. Mm.
2: Uh,
0: you know, because that's, I don't know why. I don't know why you can't say hospital on WWE, but apparently you can't. Anyway, these two guys were very upset about the tweet that, that Kari saying, Carrie Kari, Kabuki, Sent out shortly after Oscar had her breakdown on Raw about the beating that she took uh, from who 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 were the who were the people that beat these girls up? Bailey. From Bailey.
2: Bailey did the beat. They
0: basically up. said that you know this her sending out this tweet this soon and it, it wasn't the fact that she sent out the tweet, it was the fact that she sent out the tweet at the timing that she did, like right after Raw, that's when the tweet went out. They said you know if. If she would have waited a week or a month they would have been fine with it but it was the timing of it that really got their ire up since it was right after Raw bam here's the tweet thanking them for their you know whatever basically saying that you know you're taking the illusion out of wrestling you're taking the believability out of wrestling uh, you're making um, you're making Bayley look pretty much just you know weak and stupid she was supposed to have, you know, beat this girl down so bad that she had to leave the business. But, you know, she sends out this tweet and, you know, oh, thank you, blah, 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 you know, basically exposing everything. I didn't realize that there was still kayfabe in wrestling. Oh, is there? I didn't, no, I didn't realize, welcome, Poot
2: the Bard. Oh, back that's nice. Welcome. Welcome to the Ransomcast. This so has been, I'll, like, what, ten minutes of just random sh- rambling? Sh-
0: shut up. Is it? The yeah. one podcast that I talk ten minutes straight, <laughs> suddenly, Beef has an episode where he shits his pants. <laughs> oh my <laughs> gosh, I <laughs> can't even say something. Ransom's talked for an entire I- seven minutes. Oh. <laughs> This is the Beef Driver Beefcast, which point, is brother. not the Sorry, sorry I'm breaking kayfabe on the Beef Driver Beefburg Beefcast. But <laughs> you know what? That's not the way the reality works. Poot, did you see how upset these two guys on Busted Open were over the tweet that Kyrie Sane sent out? No, fill me in. Okay, I'm going to do a quick recap. Ready? Here we go. Go. Kyrie Sane got a beatdown by Bailey. That was her last appearance on Raw. She's leaving to go home to do whatever Japanese or asian or chinese or korean she's going home to cook in a walk and do whatever they do uh well then apparently at the end of raw oscar was super upset over you know the destruction of her tag team partner she's freaking out she's losing her mind blah 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 you know storyline 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 right after raw goes off the air Kyrie saying allegedly apparently at some point very soon to the these incidents transpiring on Rock. Kyrie Sane sends out this tweet. Insert obligatory thank you WWE tweet here. Thank you to these guys. What a great experience. Blah blah blah. Really appreciate it. All the things. I've really grown. La 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 experience. You know, people do that all the time. So these two moocs on the Busted Open Podcast, please don't hurt me, Bully Ray. Uh they're very upset about the timing of this tweet. Not the fact that she sent the tweet, but the timing of it. Because they, they, they're, they're saying that it's taking away the reality of the, wrestling, of the wrestling business. When she supposedly was beaten down so bad that she has to leave WWE, and oh. is losing her mind and being so upset about her tag team partner being hurt by Bayley, and then three minutes after this takes place, she sends out this tweet. They're very upset. They said it makes Bayley look weak. It takes all... The reality out of it, they said, you know, it was such a great spot. It was such a great thing. They were so engrossed in it. And as soon as they saw that tweet, it ruined the entire thing for them. And it was just the worst thing that's ever happened in wrestling. I'll
2: tell you what what it was. It was fucking Jim Cornette coming out of Vince Russo's mouth, even though it was David LaGreca saying it. Like, the entire time... Oh, it was was very Jim Cornettish. What The entire time that that fucking vein... Was, bulby, was was bulging in LaGreca's head to the final, like, big burst of, fuck you, that he said. It oh, was yeah. 100% Jim Cornette. Oh, it did. It really the, sounded very Jim Cornettish. The, the only salient point that Bully Ray made. So, I have never heard the Busted Open podcast, um, because, you know, I, I'm a fucking podcaster, apparently. I guess it's my job to listen to other podcasters. Anyway... Um, I... I've never heard it. I was expecting Bully Ray to be the fucking guy who's like... Oh, what a dumb thing to do. Blah, blah, blah. And I was expecting LaGreca to be the... The, 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 uh, the straight man. And, uh... Bully Ray may, may, made a salient point, though. He said... You... Talking to, to uh, Dave LaGreca... You, who has had the curtain pulled back, like, 110%. You, who is so, like ingratiated with what the product really really is like what's actually happening you had this you know you you, you were in the moment you forgot for just just the, just the slightest of a second that that you were in the moment you had the emotions you know e- everything was happening and and this tweet you know took it away from you now here there's 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 a couple of straw men there's there's a couple straw men in this argument the first of which is that thinking that twitter is like the all-knowing all-fucking-seeing eye of sauron like there are lots of people the three of us included who don't give two fucks about twitter who don't do shit on twitter who don't fucking get notified when the people that we follow tweet i can't tell you the last time i was on I, there like i really can't right i can't tell you, you the last time why? i signed because- on i have no idea Because Twitter Twitter is a fucking dumpster fire that whenever somebody tries to do something good, like sending out a tweet of thank you and all these wonderful pictures, that fucking two people find such fault with it that they have to fucking drone on for 40 minutes about it. That's... Like, that is fucking Twitter in a (laughs) nutshell. So, um... I mean, it was entertaining, you know? They, They... A couple times bully ray had me had me had me busting but i mean you know that's the old guard mentality man kayfabe is dead correct me if i'm wrong but kayfabe is dead finding oh, a long mark dead. yeah fine finding a mark now is like finding a fucking unicorn they exist i'm telling you follow yes. some of the, uh, the the wwe fan pages like seth rollins sasha Banks, etc kevin owens the marks pop up there like crazy. And and I don't know what it is, but man, like, so they're out there. They're crawling around their fucking, like, eight little feet, like spiders in their damn webs. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, man, the, fu- the fucking marks are out there. But, Very that being said, the majority, everybody knows the fucking act. Like, nobody's sitting in Infinity War, and then, like, in the middle of, their, in, in the middle of Infinity War, <laughs> pull out their fucking phone, and go... Oh man, Chris Evans tweeted this. Well, you know now now Infinity War is ruined. No, no. First of all, first of all, first of all. If you're as fucking com- if you're as committed to the product as you say <laughs> that you're trying to be, stay yeah. the fuck off a of social media app after- until until after the fucking show. Like this. So uh, he- here's my only gripe, and, and and I'll keep it short and sweet because you I, I, I know you want to get in here. No, you're good. You you you're fine. The fact that Kyrie tweeted it during the show. Um, I thought that was unprofessional. Because she should know that, hey, the show's over at 11. At 11, I can throw this out there. She t- tweeted it in the middle of the show. I don't give a fuck if she was just run the fuck over. I don't care if she was just blown up in a limo. No. I don't care. She could send that tweet out. If, if so, so if that's the last segment. And they go off the air and Oscar's losing her mind. And then credits roll and fucking wipeout comes on or whatever the fuck it is with the miz um you know credits roll and she sends out the tweet that's fine the The only thing that gets to me is the fact that, that it was sent out during the show i think that that was a poor that that's my only issue with the timing um it doesn't hurt anybody it, it, it just you know to me that's a little bit unprofessional that, that, that that's all i have to say about it
0: so real quick here Pooh just to give you a little bit more background on these on, on what was said on this podcast um and beef correct me if I paraphrase this incorrectly oh uh what's the, what's the guy's name David Lagreca what's his name? David Lagreca I don't I can't remember that name I don't know why he said that there's a difference between scripted and fake and after this tweet went out this whole like segment or you know storyline or whatever it was fake it became fake And that was another, like, big point that he seemed to bring up was, you know, it wasn't scripted anymore. It was fake. Fake! And he's screaming it. Fake! That's right. I'm using the F word. Fake! ah!" Yeah, 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 yeah. Like, he was all about that. Like, I don't... This... This... This is what you... This... This breaks your brain. This thing here. This fact that she tweeted while it was still during the show or right after the show or whenever. Like, that is what broke you. Not the eye for an eye match. Not all the different times that characters have been killed. Not Mae Young giving birth to a hand. No hand births. No deaths. No matter how many times The Undertaker goes to hell and comes back again. Let's not forget the fact that Cain was burned and mauled and destroyed. No nah, suck it! Nope, he's fine. In fact, he's a mayor now. Uh, yeah, this is what you're dying on, like this hill you're dying on. We just saw the dumbest match that I have seen in a long time. I can't remember the I can't remember a dumber match than the eye for an eye match. Who do we lose? Did I go or did somebody else go? Nope, we're good. I'm okay. back. Sorry. Oh, that was me. Uh. But this this one this is what breaks your brain not the stupidity of the eye for an eye match not the stupidity that happened after the eye for an eye match where they said oh if the optic nerve's not severed he'll be fine he's said a local medical speedway don't worry about it folks like a uh, local medical speedway like this 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 is what breaks you the fact that she yeah, tweeted you know. something over all the stupid shit that wwe has done this is what makes you go. You're destroying. You're destroying the the reality of the wrestling business. Like this, you're destroying it. You're shitting all over it. Fake, bullshit. I don't get it. I don't understand why this one thing, dude. Maybe but, like, that much outrage.
1: Legit, maybe for him, it was just this was like in his mind the straw that broke the camel's back.
0: Like, you think that's what it could be? Like this I mean, could be it. Fine. Like I have had enough. This is what sends me over the edge. This tweet,
1: but yeah, I, I mean, it, I, and and I get it because how how old is uh, Lagraca? I have I no he's idea. 50s. He's in his fifties. He's, I think he, he he's. I I mean I get it. Like for guys like him, like it's it, you know, and and was it. Was it really prudent of, of Kyrie to, to tweet that still during the show? Not really. But again, I'll get I guarantee you if he didn't throw this little hissy fit on his podcast, no one would have really cared. No one it would have been a non issue. People would have just been like, Oh, it was nice to see Kyrie here while she's going back to Japan. Cool. Like that would have been it. Like, th- there, there wouldn't have been anyone yelling and screaming. There probably would have been people who said, like, ah, oh, that was not the best move. I don't know about that. Oh, well. And then it, it would have been
2: non-news. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Well, that's the other thing that Bully said is that, you know, it's, it's there's there's you're dumb for losing your mind about it because in a week, we're not going to care. So I, I understand the tent pools at which this is constructed you have a very emotional segment to wit, Oscar, who has fought her entire career to be Raw Champion, basically walked away from that belt to check on her friend. And after uh, she came out of the trainer's room, she was so broken up and, like, upset and then, like, went into, like, Oscar rage. Okay. Like, yes. They, 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 they did a wonderful job of crafting that and really making it compelling. So like I, I, I understand that. But again, it's 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 the same principle, man. Like, you know, you don't sit there and watch a television show, whether you are into it or not. Uh, and then like go on Twitter, look at something somebody said during filming, after filming, fucking, you know, hand you know, foot in the hand while the camera's on, whatever. And go, Oh man, well that that, that ruins it. No, because you're it's entertainment, and 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 that is the, the the point of delineation, I think. So like I'm, I I, I like to claim to be a pretty old school guy. Uh, I I love old school wrestling, um, that that's you know tag ropes and the whole shebang. Don't really uh, know if you
0: can claim to be an old school wrestling guy whenever you're such a big fan of cinematic matches. I feel like those I, don't really there's go what, hand in hand.
1: You no, I think. I think Beef, correct me if I'm wrong, you're using the terms of like I'm an old school fan of like the traditions, like you said, tag ropes, uh, maybe technical wrestling. I value wrestling
2: and stuff like that. Yep. I I I value catch wrestling, the stuff they do out in the UK, like the stuff they do on NXT takeovers, AEWs, you know, good wrestling matches. And yeah, the the flippy do shits, okay, they're they're fun to watch too. But I will, you know, I will go out of my way to watch a Zack Saber Jr. match for 15 minutes of him just like worming around into different holds. Like huh? I, that you know, I, 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 that's you know, an old school mentality. So that being said, you know, we, the general oh. populace of that that watch wrestling, okay. we need to understand that kayfabe is dead, D E D dead, gone, buried. There are so many points of delineation in which Fade died. Super dead. Maybe, it's not even just regular dead. It's yeah. super dead. Yeah. It, is, it like, is
0: dead. It came back as a zombie. It was killed as a zombie. Now it's super dead.
2: You can you can talk about Katie Vick. You can talk about the finger poker doom. You can talk about Goldberg's uh, streak. You can talk about Russo winning the title. You can talk about cat winning the title. You heard me. Um, you know, okay. uh, 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 the the Montreal Screwjob, any of these points are a point of delineation that, key, that that KFA probably died in. Okay. So that's past and gone. This is entertainment. It is not a sport. And that is the problem, is that these guys bully LaGreca, Cornette, um, you know, people of that era. Probably about 10 to 15 years older than us, to be honest. They had a different experience watching... Wrestling and enjoying wrestling growing up. One that was more "quote unquote" pure. I, I think they even said that. I think like think Bully even said that, it, that 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 it was the most purest enjoyment. Where, um, I think like Greco said that he, uh, or no, it was it was some caller if some caller said that he, he he knew wrestling or he didn't know wrestling was real until it was uh, until he didn't. So like I I get the mentality, but man, we're in a different age now, and you know again. My, my only thing is that you put out a tweet during quote-unquote company time. Like, if it were you, me, or Poot, and, you know, we're sitting there tweeting at work, and our boss finds out, they're going to be like, oh, fuck this guy. Like, he's gone. Like, regardless of the, the, the tweet, like, you shouldn't be tweeting while you're working. Again, it's corona. We know that the, 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 the WWE's taping weeks ahead of the Performance Center. Like, we know that this all happened, I think, last week.
0: The cat's well, out so of the that's bag. the thing, like, on she the, wasn't oh. tweeting at work. Like, it was taped a week before, yeah. and she tweeted, Then she just, ha- it was just bad timing. She just yeah, happened hey, like, to send that tweet while Raw was being broadcast. Like, she wasn't there, she wasn't in her ring gear, just having gotten to so, the back.
2: Let me You ask know, you it this. was just bad timing on her part. Do you do you think it would be it would have been better received if she sent that tweet before Raw, knowing that it was taped last week? And do you think that you know she knew that like this was going to be her grand sendoff, um, which you are know, you know, asking WWE. like like it, yeah, so just what, the general what, public think or what does Alec Ransom think? What does Alec Ransom and the Bar think? Like what 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 do you guys think it would be a bigger backlash if she did it before rather than during? I I don't
0: know about I don't know from backlash. But, to, to me... See what I did there? Copyright infringement. <laughs> to me, it wouldn't have made a difference either way. Because... I, I I understand that there's no such thing as kayfabe anymore. These are actors. They are athletic actors. That's what they are. They're not... As much as it pains some people to to, to hear it, they're not wrestlers anymore. They're athletic actors and actresses. So... She could have sent it before Raw, during Raw, after Raw, a week after Raw, a month after Raw. She could have pulled her phone out as she was walking up the ramp and been caught on camera sending this tweet. None of that would have made a difference to me. Because, uh, pardon me, the cat was already out of the bag long before she sent this tweet. It had been reported that she was done. She's going home, she's gone from WWE permanently for a little bit, who knows. But it was reported long before that match was televised that she was done. So it's not like anything, it wasn't news-breaking news, it wasn't a shock. Because if you if you follow any sort of online wrestling forum page, whatever, whatever they're called now, technology, pshh. Like, you knew. You knew this was it. It had been reported already. So the timing of her tweet would have made a little difference for me, because we already knew it was happening. I'm pretty sure one of us shared it in the group page, in our dumb little P3 podcast uh, Facebook group page, that she was done. Like, we all knew. So the timing of her tweet would have meant absolutely nothing to me, because I already knew it was happening. Pooters?
1: like i mean really i honestly think that it's it's not a big deal like i i I think it was it was probably not in i think she should have waited until at least after the show was over but i mean we all we all knew so it's it's not the writing was on the wall the news was out it was it was all all but you know academic at that point so i think that was just kind of a mistake on Kyrie and at this point it doesn't really matter like so I, i'm not really upset about it and i i think that people i think the reason that Lagraca had such a negative reaction and so much that it's like i, d- I don't know it's i i i think
0: i think, I think his, it's i just think negative it's, reaction to it
1: i just think i just think that i like i i understand I understand the, me- I, I get the mentality, but I don't understand it. If that makes sense, like for for him to be that butt hurt over it, and also like, every, yeah, I I don't know. I think it's just that he's making it a bigger deal than it needs to be.
2: No, you know what it is? It's it's because he's a businessman. Like, when do our episodes spike? Have you noticed? I've noticed. It's whenever we get all flippity flammed out. And somebody gets all pissed off on a fucking nut, and we just go. And, and we're pissed off about an eye for an eye, or we're pissed off about the fucking Firefly Funhouse match or something. Like, those are the ones that get the fucking views whenever somebody loses their ever-loving gourd over something so fucking stupid and trivial that we're going to forget about it in two and a half weeks. Uh, not that, you know, the Firefly, Firefly Funhouse or the Eye for an Eye match qualify under that, I'm just saying. Like, that's what LeGreca's doing. It, it's It's fucking boosting business. Here so I you think he knew what losing. he was doing, getting all oh fiery about that? Oh my! Oh my! Yes.
0: Okay. So you think in reality, he could give two shits less, but he's getting fired up
2: on this podcast
0: so that people will subscribe and listen to this right. podcast.
2: Yep. Same as Cornet. I don't think. I don't think uh. is fucking like uh, 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 crazy and is fucking tight uh, tight-lipped. Is or I guess uh uh, uh re- tightly wound. I guess is tightly thing. wound. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Highly round, uh, right? Um, as, as we think he is, I think he's just a fucking character, like just like your ransom, just like I'm Beef the Legend, just like he's Poot the Bard. Like, the yes, they are extensions of themselves, but you know, this this fucking like, you know, uh, oh my god, I can't believe that this stupid thing that's a big fucking deal. You know, he, he looked at Twitter and he saw all the all, all the reacts and whatever, and he was like, well, here's here's today's story. I I get it. Okay, like,
0: I see what you're saying.
2: Well, that makes more sense than, in, uh, in my mind,
0: than him being legitimately upset over this tweet. That makes a lot more sense, what you're saying.
2: He's like, oh, I tossed and I turned all night, I couldn't fucking sleep. I'm like, dude, you know what? Like, if the worst thing in the in your world causing you not to sleep between Monday and Tuesday is a, is, is, is a tweet that Kari saying put out there, then, you know what? Fucking consider yourself lucky, brother. Well, that's a fair statement. Anyway, yep. so let's talk about a fucking treasure, shall we? Let's uh, talk about are you referring to the guy, the man? Maxwell, Jacob yep. Friedman. Uh,
0: yep.
1: Oh my God. Every dude, I okay. I went out and I watched some of AEW, and like my sister was watching with me. And she's, you know, she knows about wrestling, but she's not a big wrestling fan and and whenever i saw that maxwell jacob freeman was coming out to cut a promo and i was like oh boy and (laughs) i i was so just already tickled that we were getting an mjf promo and he came out and did that and like my sister was sitting listening to him and she was like laughing and grinning and going what a good heel like like mjf
2: britney Britney loves MJF. He she, he's probably her second favorite wrestler right now. Um so that that's saying something. Like she 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 pays like tertiary attention to it. But yeah, like when 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 MJF's on the screen, like fucking phones down, tablets down, eyes are up screen, man. And and that's that's why I said dude, he's he is
1: not character-wise, but how the the quality of a talent in my opinion and this is a big dumb bold statement, MJF well, is the second coming of a Ric Flair. He just is. Yeah man. I mean like he he's Yeah man. he's No man. He yeah, is man. the first coming of MJF. I like Oh. Oh. That and that and that's okay, that's fair. But like the, it's it's the fact that it's like this quality of talent you know, you can we can sit here and go the once in a generation talent, mm-hmm. the Rock, Stone Cold, John Cena, you know Chris Jericho, Shawn Michaels, Bret Hart, Bruno Sammartino, Ric Flair, you know Macho Man, MJF. Oh, yeah. In my opinion,
2: is in that league. Oh yes, already, already. Oh 24, yes, twenty three, twenty four. Oh yeah, So yeah. Here and here's here's the best part of it. Like this whole fucking bit was filled with schlock. You know? They 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 have the fucking like MJF, you know, twenty twenty posters, and they have him with the stupid like lady secretary, and they have, you know, quote unquote like secret you know, Secret Service with him and, and the flag and, and, and the stand in the ring, and I'm like, Oh man. Like this is like wrestling in the eighties schlock, like, you know, this big stupid dumb gimmick. And like MJF just takes it and goes, you know what? Here I go, motherfuckers. Uh, and then and then his references to Hulk Hogan and to Stone Cold were
0: just dude, were just glorious.
2: He had me at the beginning, whenever uh, his assistant walked over to him and said, Okay, I'll I'll stick with the script. But you know what? let do smile more? You oh look a lot God. better when you smile. Oh. So like I was like, There it is. Like this dude fucking slays like yep. man. Easily. He fucking Easily. knows what he's doing and so well. At- every turn
1: like it's it's perfect it's pitch perfect like when you can like i said when you can get a non-wrestling fan to go oh what a good bad guy like oh yeah and
0: you know you have something then. oh
1: yeah absolutely and that that when he kicked off when he kicked off the pro the promo with that moment beef that that you just said why don't you smile more you look you look a lot better when you smile like that, I immediately was like, "Oh, we're in for a good one!" Like, mm-hmm. uh,
0: drop in here comes the treat,
2: fucking delivered, fucking and and the best part is, like, he is that like technical talent that I was talking about, like Zack Sabre Junior. Maybe not to that level, but he's pretty damn good in the ring. Like he knows what the fuck he's doing. Um, it, it's it's gonna be a fun road to all out. I'll I'll say that. And I don't know how they get the title off of Moxley onto him, but like I, I, feel like they have to hit the hot hand. AEW is so so. AEW does a lot of things formulaically, and I, and I think that they, I think they get a lot of passes because they are who they are because they have some talent. They have a lot of talent because they are, they're they having some growing pains with 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 being a new show. Um, so so I think that we. And because they're a great alternative. Um, so so I think that we, the viewing public, give them a lot of passes, which we normally wouldn't do. Um, but that being said, like, the one thing that AEW does that I think that WWE does not is they capitalize on the hot hand. AEW is able to take the temperature of the, the wrestling world and say, okay, this guy is getting over. Like, we need to capitalize on him.
0: Yes. Oh, WWE's terrible with that. Terrible.
2: Mm-hmm. And Two I mean, things... look at Keith. Look at, look at Keith no. Lee, for example. Yeah, just, just an example. Look at Keith Lee. Like, yep. yeah, I'm glad that he's a champion now. But, like, dude, like, this should have been six months ago. Like, the, this, this whole business with him being a North American champion, th- this should have been him being the, the champion. So, I mean, like, yeah, it's great that it's happening, but still. And this is NXT. This is the good brand. And it's still about, you know, four months too late. Yeah. And he's probably going
0: to end up losing that title anyway. Mm-hmm. At this next NXT event. <coughs> he's mm-hmm. going to lose that title. He's going to be a... <coughs> oh, excuse me. He's going to be a flash in a pan champion. Which, in my opinion, Keith Lee should not have been. He should have been one of those guys that grabbed that belt and held it for the better part of a year and just dominated with it. huh but because, like you said, they were too late on pulling the trigger on this guy. He's going to hold that belt for a cup of coffee, and then who knows the next time he's going to be in the title hunt? Let alone hold well, that belt again. He'll
1: get he'll get called up and then wasted on the main
2: roster. Yep, yep, that's exactly because you know once again just, just pontificating what we we're just talking about. The hot hand right now is carrying across. The carrying across has the entire wrestling world going. Ooh how did impact mess on this guy like, uh-huh. and and right now WWE, you know triple H is like hmm carrying cross eh and I mean to be fair like they've they've had this trajectory planned for him for a long time um that's why I'm saying I, I have a hard time believing that he doesn't beat Keith Lee but um you know but but back to aew like they, they they really know how to strike while the irons hot and that's what I'm saying with MjF I don't know how they're gonna do it because as much as I love Moxley, he doesn't need that belt. Um, and no. and he
0: needed that belt as much as Chris Jericho needed that belt.
2: Right. I think and I think that
0: the belt needed Chris Jericho and John Moxley more than those guys needed the belt. Agreed. And I think that's kind of what that was. Like Jericho held it first. He brought that belt legitimacy because he's Chris Jericho. Then it went to John Moxley. He had the belt, and it, it built more legitimacy to that belt because he's John Moxley, because of all the independent things that he's done, NXT, WWE. I don't think they needed the belt. The belt needed them.
2: And I think that... I think that AW is in a better place with the heel champion. Um, as weird as that sounds... Because in general, you want the guy that has the belt to be your your biggest babyface, you know, your Hogan, your Hart, your Michaels, your Austin, your Rock, you know. But I mean, Jericho as AEW champion was an absolute godsend for that company. Um, yep. Moxley has had a nice little reign. I'm not going to say anything diminutive about it. I don't think that there's there's anything that stands out to me that makes me go... I'll say this. I think that Moxley's best work for AEW has been in two unsanctioned matches. One against Joey Janela, one against Kenny Omega. Um, I don't think that he's excelled with the belt. And I think a lot of it's bad timing with the COVID, with Renee coming down with COVID... Like, you know, just in general... There were some unfortunate
0: I, circumstances. There
2: were! The same, the same as fucking, like, Tetsuya Naito over in Japan, man. Like, that dude busted his ass. He was super hot. They gave him both belts. And then, like, he ended up defending them, I think, twice before losing them. It's like, yeah, it sucks. But, like, sometimes that's life. You know? And and that's just how you fucking run with it. Um, And, and I mean, I'm sure that Moxley won't be done... Um, he he's he's too fucking good, and but, I mean Moxley's an attraction, man. You don't need Moxley to have that strap. People will watch a John Moxley match, whether it's against someone like the bad boy Joey Janela, where you know Moxley's gonna win, well, and, or Kenny Omega, where it's a fucking fifty-fifty split. You don't know who's gonna win. And and you also you also have the
1: fact that like I feel like Moxley is a character. He doesn't care if he has that belt or not.
2: Mm-mm. Not even close. Right. I agree. I agree with Poot. My my biggest problem with AEW right now is the fact that they have Moxley embroiled in this Brian Cage thing, which is a great feud. I'm I'm loving it. I'm loving the inclusion of Ricky Starks. Uh, I think and, and even Darby Allen. Like I think I think that everything's meshing very well. But this whole challenge from MJF just seems like it's like tacked on. You know what I'm saying? like not MJF has been working this angle since January. Like hey, nobody's beat me. Hey, I keep winning. Hey, I haven't lost. Like he still has not technically lost. He's he's been in a match where he wasn't the winner one time. Um or no, twice cuz I think uh, him and no, no, him, him and him and warlord did win. So I think I think it's just the one time. So like he he's been banging this drum like hey I'm the overlooked guy when am I gonna get my shot so so I, so he's he's basically the Chris Jericho you know the the fucking Chris Jericho like for Goldberg Zero he's he's basically making this angle himself MJF is um, but like AEW just feel like they're shoehorning it in I feel like this needs a bigger build up and maybe they're gonna do something with it but it it just feels like juxtaposition against their current. Top card angle that they have going on. Maybe I'm wrong. What What, what do you think, Poot?
1: I, dude, honestly, like because I haven't, I, and admittedly, haven't consistently watched, um, like every single week. It's hard for me to gauge it because, frankly, I don't care if it's rushed or not. Anything that puts MJF in the the at, at the forefront, I, that's what I want. <laughs> like. I, I I think I think it would behoove them. I think it would serve the belt and AEW better, in, in a, the, honestly, to have the belt on MJF and just have him hold it and just thieve every win, whether it's him cheating, whether it's Wardlow interfering, whether it's doing every kind of chicanery to hang on to that belt. He should hold on to that belt for a year. He should get it off of Mox. Hold that belt forever, and then whoever takes it off him will be the ultimate baby face.
2: I like that. can
0: yeah, can't I like
2: that? Can't disagree more. It's a I great, th- great way to finally build up Kenny Omega, you know.
1: Le- well, and, and you're honestly not wrong. Like, have and and hell, even have a even have MJF get one or two over on Omega.
0: I think you know he's I mean? another one of those guys like, that really doesn't need the strap. Who? Omega? Kenny Omega
1: um i mean yes and no yes and no like we like kenny omega but there are a lot of people who are kind of you know there's a an under bubbling of uh of people saying that kenny is you know the shines worn off him
2: i really i just think it's because of this tag team stuff like and I, and I and I love Omega and Hangman as a team. I think I think that they're working together great. But like I think that they should have pulled the trigger on Hangman turning on Omega at Revolution. Have the Bucks because now especially now since you have FTR in the picture, like you have the Bucks beat Omega and Hangman at Revolution. You have a Hangman Omega feud carry you through the summer, maybe even culminate at uh, All Out, and then you have the Bucks put their titles that they've had for six months on the line against FTR, who can finally come in and prove that they're the best team in the world. Um, I, You know, and, and I don't... I don't know if COVID slowed that down, because um, I know the Hangman was gone for a long time with the COVID. Not with oh, he COVID, had it, but with... No, 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 I'm sorry, I, I misphrased that. Oh. With the pandemic going on, he was gone for a long time. He may have had it, and they may have just not told anybody. Um, oh. He may have been leery of it. I don't know, but there was a long time. Um, he, um, he was gone basically from Revolution until the uh, Stadium Series match, if if I'm remembering correctly. Omega teamed with um, uh, uh, Nakazawa a couple times. Uh, he did some stuff with the with, with the Bucks and Matt Hardy, um, but yeah, no, he, he was gone for a long time, so, um, you know, 12 years during the pandemic. Um, so, I mean, I, I think that that probably slowed the timetable a little bit, but I mean, I think that Kenny's just kind of lost in the shuffle, and he's a fucking champion, like how bad is it to say that he's lost in the shuffle holding a title, but that's, you know, h- how I truly feel. Look, I wanna I wanna say one more thing about
0: uh, about MJF here real quick before I before I end up forgetting it. Uh, I had two takeaways after watching that promo, and I think the saddest thing for me is those takeaways both involve WWE. The first one was, I wonder if there's anyone in WWE. We know it's not Vince because he doesn't give a shit. Slash watch other products. He's unplugged. He don't care. But I wonder if a Triple H or a Road Dog or a Shawn Michaels or, have mercy, even a brother love. Ever tunes in and sees an MJF promo or an MJF match and goes, Son of a bitch. Can't believe we missed this guy. Like, I can't believe we didn't snag him up for NXT. Young guy, great on the mic, great in the ring. Like, man, he would do wonders against talent like Adam Cole. I I wonder if any of those guys look at him and go, Crap, really missed it here. That was one takeaway. The second takeaway was, How lucky are we, as the fans of the product and the people who actually consume this product? How lucky are we? that he didn't wind up in WWE. Because I'm I'm willing to bet it would have been another one of those situations where he was great in NXT, we loved him, he was amazing, he could do no wrong, he's the future of the business, hits the main roster, flounders into obscurity. Now, I know that MJF is not... Or uh, sorry, I know EC3 is not of the same caliber as MJF, but I, I think back to EC3 on this. Like the guy had the look, he had everything. NXT was, he was good. Main roster, what the hell happened here? I think we as fans are fortunate that MJF did not go to WWE. Because I really believe it would have been another one of those storybook. Yes, he's NXT. Woohoo! He's great. Oh, he's amazing. Main roster. Oh, he's gonna do amazing things. Mm-hmm. Just pooped. Mm. Well, I think he's fortunate. I think we're fortunate that he's in AEW and not WWE. Well,
1: yeah. Well, yeah. Because well, WWE would have kind of given it. Prob- See, here's the problem. I, I wonder if they would have given him the Bobby Roode treatment because remember they were kind of doing something in the similar vein with Bobby Roode in NXT. Like Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. They, they were kind of doing that, and they, like, obviously it was – it that gimmick had its neck stepped on and was shot in the head whenever well, it came to the main roster because he was just <laughs> smiley guy who was glorious. Um, yep. And, and that's, that's kind of the problem is if MJF was in NXT and he stayed in NXT, I think he would do wonders and I think he'd be amazing. But Vince would see, you know, this new shiny toy, call him up to the main roster, and he would make him a sniveling heel. Like, that's the thing with MJF. He plays the sniveling card in matches like, you know, oh, no, don't, back off, you know, oh, hey, and he begs off. But it's always... Because of a plan, it's never because he's actually a begging off shitty heel. Like it, it, you know, he always comes out looking strong, even in loss. And I think that that would be horribly mismanaged on the main roster. And the gimmick would just be cartoonized, you know, it would be yeah. a cartoon oh, of yes. what it is now. Um, yeah, I mean, like, it, it is a good thing he's in AEW. I'm just worried that WWE will come to him with all the money in the universe. And he'll, whenever his contract with AEW runs up, if he stands by his word, if he actually means what he said when he said, I'm here, I'm the future of this business, I want to see AEW be better, I want to see it grow. And he's going
2: to be in AEW for the long haul. Good for him. I don't know. I don't know why everybody seems to think that that, that Vince is going to throw more money at people than AEW does. I, I, yeah, I don't think that's going to happen. Tony Khan has like triple or quadruple, maybe even more than that, the worth of Vince McMahon. Like AEW is not some like little upstart pup company. Uh, I think AEW is better off financially than than WCW ever was with Ted Turner. Well, they were, but Tony but, but Khan. But the- the, is, is 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 a millionaire. He's got a lot he's going a fucking billionaire. He's got a lot of fucking money.
1: I I know that, but it's it's also the draw of and we've brought it up numerous times, the history of being like, you know, being part of history with AEW is awesome. And who knows, years down the road we could be going, "Wow. You know, how could we ever have had any shadow of a doubt that this was going to be anything less than amazing?" However, the draw of going well yeah i've done this i've done that i was aew champ i was this champ i was that champ i've done this and wrestled this person but i've never wrestled at wrestlemania for the wwe championship or the universal nah. title now see you're saying that because it's, no, it's on, contextual but if it,
2: it's the I mean, nwa the, the nwa was around far longer than oh, wwe oh. When WWE crushed WCW. WCW grew out of the NWA. So, and that was one of Vince's big things on the conference call this week. Well, we have 30 plus years of history on our side. History can go fuck itself. History. Because, well, shut up. Oh. What have you done for me lately? English major. This is a, this is a society where every like 30 seconds people are changing the channel because they're scrolling on their phones. They're looking at something new every fucking 30 seconds. Don't care about Hulk Hogan and Andre the Giant at WrestleMania three. I care about Drew McIntyre and Brock Lesnar at WrestleMania 36. And what a disappointment it was. Oh, this is what have you done for me lately? What sticks in your mind? That's why AEW's ratings are on the rise and Raw's ratings are on the decline because they lean on that history. And Vince might have the, the most nicest thing to say about the history right now, but like I said, back in the day with the war, the original ratings war, the NWA had history on WWE, and how'd that go?
1: This, I'm well aware of this, but... The thing is, if you put yourself in the position of being an uh, an indie wrestler, and or or someone who's wrestling and making it their livelihood, re- I, I want you to stop and think about this. You you have to have dreams Get of on. wrestling at WrestleMania for the big belt. It's just there. I'm not trying to belittle any other thing or saying that history can't change that's not what i'm saying what i'm saying is it like dude even even us at one point in your life when you were younger you had to have thought well if i if i became a wrestler how cool would it be to wrestle at wrestlemania and you'd have that goal like so many wrestlers probably have that goal is it is it attainable now Less than ever, just because of the way that WWE runs their business and runs their booking and stuff. But, like, so there are new goals, you know, being IWGP champion, being AEW champion, wrestling at All Out. You know what I mean? Like, it's it's these kind of things that are, like, they're growing, and maybe that will be someone else's, you know, dream. Like, newer people coming up, they'll be the dream. But, like, right now, like... I I don't know. I I think like yeah. It's 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 easy for us right now to say they're leaning on their history. Everything's gonna fail, you know. They're they're resting on their laurels too much. But th- but that that's the thing though is that it is there. It's still a factor.
0: So two I, so, things on that real quick. If I get a word in edge it, wise. Faster. Oh, so two things on that. <laughs> uh... I think I think as of right now there are enough veterans in AEW that if Vince McMahon dug deep down in his pockets and started throwing that green around to say, Hey MJF, Kenny Omega, name your AEW wrestler, whoever. I want you to come and wrestle here. As of now, I believe that there are enough veterans that have spent enough time in WWE to not necessarily convince these guys otherwise, but to say to them, hey, here's what it's like here. I want you to do what you want to do, but I want you to I want you to fully fully expect what you're getting yourself into. Where in AEW you go out and you deliver a promo. And it's a killer. Because you went out and you did you. In WWE, you're gonna go out there, and you're gonna memorize a script, and you're gonna deliver that script, word for word. If you go rogue, there's a 50-50 shot that it'll be well-received, or you'll be punished. You don't have that in AEW. You have go out, deliver a promo, make it great. And if you do, you're off and running. I think there are enough veterans that will be able to tell these guys if they're offered Vince McMahon deep pocket money how green the grass truly is on the other side. Um, you know, I think people coming from different independent scenes, they don't have that. They don't have those guys that can sit them down and go, look, this is what it's going to be like. This is what your schedule's going to be like. Here's what your expectations are going to be. Here's what's going to happen when you have to deliver a promo. Here are the goofy-ass matches that you're going to be in. And no matter how much you protest or suggest otherwise, you're going to be in an an eye-for-an-eye match. Whether The announcers are going to be screaming, it's out, it's out, his eye is out. So that's one. Two, by the time some of these guys establish themselves and become the big deal, who knows how long that's going to take for some of them There may not be a Vince McMahon at the helm. For whatever reason, whether it's dementia, overall McMahon insanity, or death, Vince McMahon might not be at the helm anymore. So WWE could potentially have a very different look. Uh, Working there could be a very different landscape than it is today. So those are, I guess, two things to really kind of factor into the whole, like, what if Vince McMahon offers them, or what if WWE, maybe not Vince, what if WWE offers them a crazy amount of money? Like, oh, do you think we're going to see them go? I think it depends on a multitude of factors.
2: Well, and so here, that's that's, that's a salient argument, and, and, I, and I can't really refute that, because you're 100% right. Things could change in the blink of an eye, literally. Um... But that being said, I am going to harken back to Sting. Someone who fucking made a career out of saying, well, I've never been to WWE and I've never done WrestleMania, so I'd like to do that one time, I think. And look how it worked out. He had a nice little match. He he had a nice little match. It was a great nostalgia-filled match. We got to see the NWO versus DX, which we've always been waiting for. Um, and I mean, it wasn't a bad match. But, at the end of the day, who went over the game? Oh, yeah.
0: There's- the WWE <sighs> Star Wars. There's no reason in my mind why Triple H should have gone over Sting. Nope. Like, you're um- bringing this guy in who has wrestled for all these other places. <sighs> oh, pardon me. You know, he was a if you could take anybody really from the old WCW days that hadn't been casual gaming dad is now alive. Go after yourself, Tom. Uh, If if there was a WCW guy who was a super big deal that had never been to the WWE before you immediately went to Sting. Like even back in the day after Mm -hmm. WWE acquired WCW, I'm willing to bet that Sting was in the top three that fans wanted to see come over from WCW. Sure, Hulk Hogan, the NWO, like, yeah, you know, like, that would be neat to see them in WWE. But let's face it, Hogan, ancient as trash. Hall and Nash, been there, done that. Sting had never been in the WWE before. So he had to have been one of the hottest guys that fans would have really clamored to see show up. And when they finally, finally, finally got him, they feed him to the game. Yep. And there's a nice, big, fat, clean loss. Boom! Right in the middle of the ring. Right at WrestleMania. One, two, three. Why? There's no me, earthly reason. No earthly reason. And then they put him in me, a match with Seth Rollins, and he damn near crippled him.
2: That, that should take care of anybody <sighs> saying, well... I, I I just want to go to WWE and compete in a big match at WrestleMania. Like, oh, that yeah. should quell every, every wrestler should look at that and go, you know what? Maybe going to WrestleMania isn't that big of a deal. Nope. You're going to get fed to a part-timer
0: or a quote-unquote legend. You're going to get fed to a Triple H, to a Brock Lesnar, to a Goldberg. That's what's going to happen to you. You're not going to show up at WrestleMania and have your glorious moment where you stand on those turnbuckles and you raise that belt up and there's fireworks and explosions and confetti. Uh Uh-uh. That's a a cute little pipe dream that you've got. Really is super cute. But it's not going to happen. You're going to get fed to a WWE homegrown, breastfed off of Vince McMahon's tit, WWE guy.
2: That's what you're going to get. You're not going to get your moment. Gonna even it. even if you become a, a homegrown breastfed guy, even if you get over, even if you're the hottest act in wrestling,
0: Daniel there's Bryan.
2: still uh, Bray Wyatt. There's yep. still a chance that you're gonna lose to a guy who's making less money for the company, but it seems like it's a bigger deal. Yeah, making less money for the company, getting paid more
0: money than you, oh and working God. a hell of a lot less than you. That's what you're going to get there. And you don't get that in AEW. That's not happening. AEW is not bringing in part-timers, legends for one-off matches, feeding their up-and-coming talents to these guys. It's just not happening.
1: They're doing that with – they're kind of feeding that with uh, the opposite direction in a positive manner with Cody. Like, he defended against Warhorse this week. Yeah. Oh, of
2: course. God, of course, Beef. Like I Listen, that, but... you heard me fucking, what, a month ago bitching about this stupid Cody Rhodes thing. Beef. Like what Cody did Rhodes I brings tell up this this What did I say on this, the other podcast? Fucking indie guy. It's fucking going You somewhere. know who's gonna win. You know who's gonna win. It's gonna be Matt fucking Cardona. I guarantee you it's gonna be Zack Ryder. Like, I was gonna Last night I, I was... shows me.
1: I was going to try and bring this to a positive thing and say, hey, let's talk about Matt Cardona debuting on AEW, but apparently Beef's got a fucking needle stuck in his craw about it.
2: Well, I mean, what? Craw daddy. <laughs> so you're going to say the word positive, and and, and, and you talk about Warhorse, who had a great debut to a national audience. Great gimmick, great character, great look, great match and then, like, in the aftermath, shoves Cody out of the line of fire to take the heat from the Dark Order, only to get shown up by the fucking Rough Rider himself, Matt Cardona. Fucking Strong Island ice Tea. Have you ever heard of Warhorse oh, Horse before, Beef? Only... Only... to have those fleeting 20 seconds of, hey, that's Zack Ryder! We gotta get to a break! Like... That segment made no sense to me whatsoever,
1: dude. Okay, oh look. Oh my! It was it was a li- it was ham fisted. I'm gonna give that to you. But here's the, here's the thing. Here's the thing. What this here's here's what this did. So yeah, was Cody gonna beat Warhorse? Yes. How many pins were there where it was like? You're thinking, okay, Cody's gonna beat this guy handily. There were a couple pins where you're like, "Whoa!" Like there was that little bit of fear where you're like, "Really?" Like that little bit of jump fear, it, and they and the fact that that can cause or they can they can make that happen. I think speaks volumes for everyone involved. And here's the other thing that it does that's positive. Well, it it now allows. Yeah, it was probably. A one-off appearance for warhorse but you know what that does now him being out on the indie scenes out there on the road working doing all these things now he's been on AEW TV he can ask for more money he'll get more bookings and he'll start getting better then down the road I you'll bet see, you get signed I bet you I bet you get signed by AEW but it, he might if he gets signed then he gets signed and that's fine now he has somewhere that's now he has can like theoretically consistent work or somewhat consistent work like i'm i'm just saying like think of the positives here for some of the people that that
2: are that you know that are working these matches listen man i am fucking captain positive when it comes to to to, to aw i've said it before that i more than anybody am willing to give them a pass on something that's fucking hokey and maybe a little bit like archaic or dated in saying, you know what? It's Aew. That being said, man, we have to be able to recognize when the company doesn't do something good. Like we cannot just uh, praise them, praise them, praise them, and sit down sit here and run down WWE for every terrible thing that they do. Uh, I think ooh. to be fair, we have to be unbiased and realize Man. that whenever something's not going <laughs> when, when something's uh, not oh. going well, we, we have to be able to spell that out. And to me, I think Cody's TNT title reign is longer than it should be. Um we'll see and, and, and you know what, Poot, you're right. We could see something great come out of this or we could see a WWE reject and, and I uh, and I hate using that word about oh. some of these guys but we could see somebody an ex-WWE hand take the belt um a la Matt Cardona so um, with 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 um,
0: oh, for, for sake, with Cody Rhodes holding on to this title for so long and handily beating these guys that seem to come out and challenge for this TNT title. I know you're not a fan of that. But is it is it going to produce a bigger payoff when he finally loses it? If he so is he's consistently winning? He's not anybody.
2: That, that's the okay. thing. He's not handily beating okay. anybody. So, every, every match is taking him to his limit, which, yeah, makes for great television, but it's also like Man, like these guys are ham and eggers, more or less. That are indie guys. Um, now they may be bigger name indie guys, like Brian Pillman, like um, Ricky Starks, like Warhorse. I I understand that, and I and I'm not besmirching any of their careers. William Eagle. But is it, is
0: it not better though for t- him to? take him to the limit and make them look good? Is that, a, is, that a, is that a bad thing? Should he be handily defeating these guys, being like, done, got it, another one I in mean, the belt, see you,
2: kid. So, two two schools of thought on that. One, yeah, because if you're a champion of a major promotion, and I don't care who you say, what you say, AEW's a major promotion now. Sure, well, I don't think anyone's going to argue that. So you you you're the mid-card champion of a major promotion. Uh, these guys don't have contracts. Thus, unless you are have unless unless you have the best scouting system in the world that are going out and finding the diamond in the rough every single week, every single week. Oh look, another like unbelievable independent talent that nobody's picked up. Oh look, another unbelievable talent that nobody's picked up. Oh look, another, you know, it, yeah, okay, I, and yes, it makes for great TV for him to have a guy like Mark Quinn take him to the limit. Ricky Starks, um, Eddie uh, Eddie Kingston, you know, career guys, Lindy guys, legacy guys. It makes for great TV. But at the same time, I don't think you're doing the title any favors. I think... I don't know. To to me, I, I I think Poots right. At the end of the day, it matters where it goes. Uh, I think I think we're starting to see the whole like cracks in Cody's game where he gets overconfident and Arn gets in his face and he's like, "Listen, man, you need to pull your shit together." So like I I want, but I I need that. I need that to be his Achilles heel. Like when he gets up and he starts doing these push-ups, I want someone to come and kick him in the head and knock his ass out. Or like when he does his like little cocky pin, I want someone to flip him over, crucifix him, and get the one, two, three. Like I need that to be the reason why he loses.
0: So you're 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 not going to be a
2: heel turn from him.
0: Okay, so you're you're not going to be excited if he we get a, a match between him and Matt Cardona, and Matt Cardona takes him to his limit, and and squeaks it out with a clean pen. boom there's a finisher there's the there's the freaking nope. you know twitter twitter lariat or you know the face box buster <laughs> nope not going to be happy with that the you want to see box. some sort of you know cody's getting too cocky Cody's getting cody's getting too cocky wham that cockiness bit him in the ass and that's why he lost the title
2: i think the who is important too i you know i Putin. and I are the biggest fucking Zack Ryder fans probably in the world. Maybe. I don't know. Woo woo um, woo. Like, when he was the yeah, Long Island uh, like, that was him, man. Like, we, we we were like, man, this guy's gonna hit the fucking rails, and he's gonna be great. And now he's, like, super swole. Like, great, great. Good look. Good gimmick. Like, I, I think everything is going From his fucking way. fucking
1: Strong Island.
2: I uh. don't think that he needs to have that fucking TNT title. I don't think fucking Cody needed the title, to be honest with you. I I, I agree you know, with the Cody thing, yeah. From, from the get-go, I think that Archer should have won the title and should have just been destroying people every week on, on TV because for as much as Cody's little 15-minute, like, handshake, head-pat matches are going, I think you build up just as much dynamic momentum... With having Archer come out and just wreck fools. Fucking two, three minutes, TNT champion comes out, dominates somebody. And then someone finally gets him. Be it like Luchasaurus. Be it fucking Jungle Boy. Uh, somebody finally has the, the answer to Lance Archer. And they finally take that title off of him yeah. is a <laughs> bigger deal than somebody finally eking out that win over Cody. Because we've seen... Five or six weeks in a row now where somebody's almost beaten Cody and been right there until the end. Like, you know, I I think that you would get more mileage out of the initial reign with Archer as a heel guy. And, and and again, I get it. You know, I... No love lost for Cody. I think I think Cody's an incredible talent, a great worker, one of the best that AEW has. Um, I, I just don't think I, think... I think Cody's above it. And... I think that he knows he's above it. I think the world knows he's above it. And I think that that's why he keeps winning because now you're written into a corner. If Cody is so much better than this title, how does he lose it?
0: So are you going to be disappointed slash pissed off if Matt Cardona is the one that takes that title off of him?
2: I'll be disappointed, yeah. Because I think that any of those other challengers, Mark Quinn... Uh, Ricky Starks. I think Ricky Starks would have made a great choice, especially now that he's in like in in with the fucking Taz group. I think he would have been a great choice, dude. Ricky um, Starks.
1: Whenever I saw like saw him the first time, I was just like, ah, I want to punch him.
2: Oh, dear. but I think that fits his whole shtick. I I love it because Brittany keeps calling him Ricky Spanish, and that's just you know, Ricky Spanish. Um, but uh, you know. I think that Eddie Kingston would have been a better choice. I think that uh, War would have been a better choice like I... honestly over over Matt Cardona I think that any of those guys should have been the guy who beat it i you know i I really think that Cody needs to be beaten by a good heel um but you know I, I you know so and and speaking of things that aew isn't doing well uh vis-a-vis. Fucking Cameron, um, I don't know if you guys remember Cameron. You guys remember Cameron, the Funky Yup. Uh, she her,
0: was the cute one.
2: Her her claim to fame being that she tried to pin somebody while they were on their stomach. Um, whoops. Yeah. So I don't remember that, but whoops. Yeah. So you know, so she's there now. Yeah. So sometimes, and and and. You know what? She may have spent the last fucking ten years busting her ass to be a way better wrestler. I don't know. Uh, I, I I could be just fucking just basing it off of what I know her from ten years ago. But, um, you know, I I'm not going to say the AEW women's division is struggling because I don't think it is. Um, I I don't think it's as healthy as the NXT women's division. And obviously, oh. those two are going to draw comparisons every single time because they're on the same night, you know? So there's no way around it. Moreover, uh, last night while watching the opening match of the NXT, uh, which was. Um, of the Eo NXT. Shirai, the, the NXT. NXT. Uh, which was Eo, EO Shirai and Tegan Knox versus um, Dakota Kai and um, uh, Mrs. Wrestling, yeah. uh, Candace LeRae. Like uh, watching that match I was like, man, the NXT women's division has really fallen from grace. EO Shirai and Rhea Ripley notwithstanding, like, it's a shell of what it used to be two years ago. And it's like a fucking ghost of what it used to be fucking five years ago. So wow. like to Strong say that a- I- I believe it. To say that AEW doesn't meet that which doesn't meet the history of NXT says a lot about it. But I mean, you know, this, I think, is where... So, God bless AEW. Because I I, I saw an article today that said that during the pandemic, AEW is bringing in like 60 independent wrestlers for gigs, gig work, crowd work, paying them to be on set, paying them to wrestle, uh, and have brought, you know, so many in for contracts. uh, Like, um, um, Ricky Starks. Like, so, you know during the time whenever these independent wrestlers are, are are really struggling, AEW's bringing them in for work. Great. But, I see what's happening with Moxley, which, you know, the dude is fire. I'm, I'm not going to gripe about Moxley. But Matt Hardy, Brody Lee, Matt Cardona, Vicky Guerrero, uh, and now uh, Cameron. Oof. Like, there's there's a trend is all I'm saying. And whenever I look at this stuff, I really look hard at where Impact began to fail. Really fail. And it was whenever they started taking these WWE guys, who didn't quite cut the mustard in WWE, and give them front seats in the front of the fucking limos. So, not for nothing, just, you know, something to keep your eye on. (sighs) Oh.
0: Uh I can I can see I can see your point on that a little bit but I guess my question on the flip side is yeah there are ex-WWE guys that didn't cut the mustard in WWE
2: but or just wanted to get the fuck out I I will say that, yes. that there that there is a, a portion a portion of this like Brodie Lee, Moxley, The Revival, guys who are like Mm-mm. Nope, we're done. We're gone. Right. So
0: it's either guys that didn't cut the mustard or guys that wanted out. So I see. I see your point about the comparison between you know where TNA, Impact, whatever they're called, started to falter because they brought in all these ex WWE guys. <sighs> I, I have a hard time comparing some guys like. Brody Lee, and hell, even Zack Ryder, to uh, impact bringing in Hulk Hogan and Eric Bischoff and Kevin Nash, Scott Hall, Ric Flair. Not to besmirch the good name of Ric Flair, but he was long past his prime, long past his prime when he showed up in, in, in TNA. Uh I, I I don't know what business he had being there. Honestly. I you know, I can only imagine it's because of the payday. But like Hogan okay, come on. Hogan was past his prime when he came back into the WWE as part of the NWO. He was past his prime. So I don't directly see the comparison between young guys like Brody Lee, Zack Ryder, and the geriatrics that the impact brought in. And also on that same token is maybe AEW sees some things in these young guys that didn't get over in WWE for one reason or another. Maybe, maybe AEW sees something in them and goes, okay, Zack Ryder, uh, just using him as an example. That guy, one hundred and ten percent, got over on his own, with zero help from WWE, zero help from the machine, and even if even I would say the machine at times trying to keep him down. Kurt Kreischer? Nope he he (laughs) managed he managed to get over like he did it on his own. So if you can get a company behind a guy who can get over on his own is there not money to be made there? Yeah, he's a guy that didn't make it in WWE. But he's also not a guy that a lot of fans went, who cares about? They're like Who well, cares about him? The, the He thing... had a big following. WWE never capitalized on it. The thing they was... did at one WrestleMania for a cup of coffee. And then they were like, okay, well, we got our paid out of this guy. Boom, he's out.
1: The thing with Matt Cardona is he's – he as like a person is just super fucking likable, like he is just a likable dude. Like he's apparently like one of the most affable people in the world. He just loves wrestling. He's like a big kid, you know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. he's just he just loves what he does, and he loves, um. You know, I I don't know. It's it, it it's hard to explain, but like. That's the thing is like there they see in the ecosystem of if you if you get yourself over in WWE like Matt and I, I think I mentioned this on a on a podcast before Cardona talked about the fact that like after he got himself over at like, you know, like they would say at the raw after WrestleMania, they'd always have the. You know all hands on deck grab the brass ring this is your time it's a new year new stories blah 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 they would do that the year that he got over and he won that belt and everything the next night on raw they didn't have that meeting like it's it's a lie like he he's like he got himself over naturally on his own terms with the fans. And he did it. And because it was out of the control of WWE, they didn't like it. And so it's it's kind of one of those things that it's like... I, I think you're saying, like, you know, what... Like, the, the idea is like, oh, it's Matt Cardona, who cares? Like, I've seen a bunch of memes of people who have been like, oh, Matt Cardona debuted. Who? Well, who cares? You know what I mean? But, like, AEW is seeing the potential in this guy and going... He did something in an ecosystem that prevents people from doing that. Just imagine if we let him have the reins and actually gave him, you know, the time of day and actually put him on TV and actually put him in these positions. Just
0: imagine what he could do. Yep. Yep. Agreed. 110% agreed. Now, Matt Hardy... I don't know what to say about that.
2: Yeah, what, what's um, he been doing? Uh, A whole bunch of nothing. Babe? So uh, he's, he's he, well, okay. So he's actually all over the place. Um, Broken Matt has been helping the elite. Um, like Matt H- Hardy Boy Matt has been uh, mentoring the private party. Oh, so uh, they two different personas now. He has, like, five. Um, good. Money, that's weird. Money, Matt, I, I don't know. He, he hasn't been around a while. Um, you know, and then there's the one that's shooting with Sammy Guevara. <laughs> uh, he showed up last night to, uh, to knock Guevara off of a turnbuckle and, you know, reignite the feud that he's having with him. He's back. Sammy Guevara's back. Guevara, yeah. Uh, he, yeah he, he came back last week, yep. Okay, good. Good for him. So, I mean,
0: like... I think Matt Hardy th- is trying to do Chris Jericho with just, like, throwing spaghetti at the wall. Not, I feel like I'm shitting on Matt Hardy here, but... I don't know about that. It, I, I'm not trying to shit on Matt Hardy, but it's like, okay, so... As a fan, I'm looking at Matt Hardy and I'm going, okay. Matt Hardy, Hardy boy. That's WWE. You know, of course he was a star in WWE. Hardy Boy, Matt Hardy, you know. Yes, good. He went to Impact, and he reinvented himself as this broken character. Great. Worked out really well in Impact. Really nailed it with the fans. Everybody loved it. Went to WWE, went back to WWE, and he was this hybrid Hardy Boy, broken character. You know, still had this frizzy, streaky hair. But he dressed like Matt Hardy, Hardy Boy. But he still did the delete thing. So, like, what, 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 what's happening here? And then he goes to this Woken character, which WWE tried to reinvent the broken. Didn't work. He shows up in AEW, and now he's trying to do a whole bunch of different things. Like, he's trying to be like the faces of Foley. Almost. Where he has all these different personas. And... I don't know. I I think it would serve Matt Hardy better if he went to AEW and was like, okay, fresh start. I'm not in WWE. I'm not an impact. I'm somewhere I never was before. Let's do something different. Let's do a Matt Hardy that no one has seen before. You know, like this is your chance to reinvent yourself and to start over fresh at a company where you're not going to be held down by a Vince McMahon. Like, now's you know, the time to start over and and reinvent yourself and do something fresh.
2: But he didn't do that. I don't think there a problem with him using the broken character, though, because I don't think the majority of the audience never really saw the broken character. Um, in, in 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 Impact and and Ring of Honor and around the world, like, no one... Like, he he grew a cult following, and that's why they brought him back. Um, but, yeah, I mean, like, to, to the masses... They didn't fucking know what broken Matt Hardy was until WWE started doing the shtick with the woken shit. Uh so I got no problem I got no problem with them using broken Matt Hardy and AEW. I am gonna I'm
0: I, gonna disagree on, on just one one stance on that. And I could be way far off and, and you know that's fine, I have no problem admitting what I'm wrong. But when he and Jeff came back as a surprise at that WrestleMania. The crowd wasn't chanting Hardy Boys. They weren't chanting Team Extreme. You know, they, they, they weren't chanting any of that. They were chanting Delete. They did a pan to the crowd, and yep. the crowd was doing the Delete sign.
2: I so, agree. I, I'm WrestleMania willing to bet that the there's a lot. WrestleMania is the smartest show of the year, bro. Because who else is going to pay fucking $200 a ticket to sit in a big, stupid fucking football stadium to probably watch the action on the Tron? People like you and me and Poot who would be like, you know what? I was there the day that, you know, Taker lost to Lesnar. I was there the day that Hogan and Cena and The Rock all stood the ring. I was there the day that Matt Hardy came back and we got to chant Delete. Like Okay, so that's fine. That's 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 a smarky crowd. crowd. Sure,
0: that's a smarky crowd. But for the crowd for the for the fans that don't go to those WrestleManias that stay at home and watch it on the television. If you didn't know what was up with the delete chant, seeing that amount of people doing the delete sign, chanting delete Seeing Matt Hardy get in the ring and pointing to all those teams going, you, 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 delete! I, I struggle to imagine even the most casual fans who will, will watch WWE for the Big Four. And they saw that at WrestleMania and they went, huh, everyone's chanting delete. I wonder what about that's about? Nah, who cares? Like, I'll well, I'll figure it out eventually. For those casual fans, I'm willing to bet that they went, okay, what's this about? Well, I'm going to do some some YouTube and a Matt Hardy. I'm going to YouTube Matt Hardy delete. And I'm going to see what's on there. And there's plenty of stuff on there. You know, with with the technology the way that it is now, I, I don't see an excuse for someone going, oh, they're saying delete when Matt Hardy's here. That's weird. Huh, I don't know what that's about. I guess I'll never know and having to wait until they did some version of the Woken gimmick.
1: (laughs) I just love the, I guess I'll never know.
0: Yeah, like, oh, I'm just going to Eeyore this out the door. Like, oh, well, guess I don't understand wrestling today. (laughs) I I bet they're going to YouTube, and they're typing in Matt Hardy Delete, and they're seeing all the videos from Impact, where he's doing his delete thing, and they figured it out. So smarty fans in the crowd aside, the people that watch just for the big four are going to go, huh, that's interesting. Let's see what this is. Let's see what's going on here. So I just, I just, I don't know. I I guess I don't believe in that excuse to say like, well, many people probably didn't realize or didn't know what the whole delete was about. So now they're getting to see it in AEW and going, oh, isn't that neat? That shit was just
1: very funny to me. I, like I just, nah. Don't I don't understand. think so. Guess I don't understand
0: wrestling today. Yeah, Josh, I'm just gonna uh, go Jim Cornette gonna... myself, you know, and motherfucker, and say this <laughs> Smoky Mountain, you know, just smoky Midnight mountain. Express, ba-do-ba-doo. you know. I don't know. Yeah, I, dude, I, I think I just I think that he's just he's rehashing old gimmicks, and and he missed a prime opportunity to pull a Chris Jericho. And completely reinvent yourself. Or even if you would have stuck with the broken gimmick, and been like, this is who I am. I'm in AEW. I'm broken Matt Hardy. Let's get broken. Let's break it. Break it out. Break it down. Let's get broken. (sighs) Yeah, but that
2: didn't happen because now he's
0: he's all over the place with all these different gimmicks.
2: So I think you're missing the point of the broken character uh, there, Corny. I think that you are... The, the, the idea of the broken character is that it is, in fact, like, a rift of Matt Hardy. That, like, Matt Hardy got to a point where he just, like, fucking lost it. And, like, uh, this this inner version of, of, of Matt Hardy was the result. So, like, Matt Hardy is always Matt Hardy. But sometimes he's broken Matt Hardy. Uh... The, like, other ones, okay. I think we could probably do without Money Matt. Uh, I think we could probably do without, like, the Hardy Boy guy. Like, I get what he's trying to do. And and I don't know if it's all AEW. Like, I don't know if it's all Matt Hardy or if it's sometimes AEW Brass. that's like, hey, man, we don't have anything for Broken Matt Hardy this week. What do you say about, you know, helping put over Private Party? Or like, you know, this, that, I, like, I I I wonder if it's not the same in AEW as in WWE, where someone just pitches an idea and he's like, hey man, why not? It'll give me TV time. Um, well, I that just, very you well know, could be. Sure. I think at, at, at the end of the day, there are guys and gals, but mostly guys, because there aren't a lot of guys who have come from WWE yet. Um, who who are on the AEW roster? There there are a handful of them that I go. I can't wait to see them with the title. Moxie was one of them. Have not been disappointed. Uh, Brody Lee is another one that I think I th- could really have a good top run. Yes,
0: they, they do. do.
2: They need, they need to, to fix, fix that character. character. So I really like what they're doing with the Dark Order. Uh, even though they're basically kind of like the, you know, generic villain number five. Well, I mean, that like,
1: literally they have that.
2: With yeah, right. With the uh, that—that's actually his name, right? Five or the seven? I don't even remember anymore. But this um, isn't Slipknot
0: beef. Seven was Goldust's character in WCW. Uh, uh, uh,
2: I think I think that his name might be Seven though. Um. <laughs> anyway, but um, you know. I I liked what happened last night where <clears throat> Brody Lee took Colt Cabana and he like pushed him into the back and then like came out and gave Uno and um, Grayson Grayson the what for like I like that I like that like uh, glad handed approach on one hand and then like abusive as fuck on the next. Like I think that that's a good place for the character to go. I think they just need to stop riffing on Vince McMahon, and just let the character grow organically. And they also they yeah. also got to get stop, rid of
0: stop trying to get your pokes in at Vince. They got to get like rid that- of that okay, suit. You did that. That was fun. You know, haha, we're poking at Vinnie Mac. But you know, make make this character something different than Mr. Brody Lee. Yeah.
2: Um, yeah, I, but, I like, agree. I, you know, they're. They're going, they're going good places with it, and you know there there are standouts in the uh, the the AW Women's Division. Sheeta, obviously. Uh, Nyla Rose, I think I, I I can't sing her praises enough. Um, there's a girl who wrestles on Dynamite and has been or on um, Dark rather, and has been on Dynamite a couple times. I think her name is like Abaddon or whatever. Abaddon. A very Rosemary-esque gimmick. But like, well, with a name like a Abaddon,
1: more. it should be.
2: <laughs> with, um, it's it's a lot more horror feel. Uh, I I saw a clip where someone like dropped her on her neck or whatever, and like she sat up and like cracked her neck to the side, and then like did like the Gator roll and looked at her opponent. Like I thought, like she is going to be, I think, a really great player. Um, I think it hurts that Brit's out. Um, you know. But having her be a, a, a constant presence on Dynamite is wonderful. Do you um, like? Okay, just
1: fun fact. Uh, and and not trying to break your gate beef, but do you know what Abaddon is? No. Abaddon, that name is is like, um, it's it's like the 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 Greek equivalent of like Apollyon. Which I'm I'm looking at this just to make sure I don't seem stupid. It's basically in the New Testament book of Revelations. Abaddon is like the king of the army of locusts. Like Abaddon oh, cool. is like the, the the
2: angel of the abyss. Nice, that fits. There you go. Um, she's she's a lot of fun. Um, she does not look like your typical women's wrestler would, uh, and and that's that's her appeal, man. Um. So, I mean, there. good things are coming. Um, it's just, you know, I think that sometimes AEW gets in their way a little bit and um, they slow themselves down. Uh, I think that sometimes, like, like it, to me, it, it seems like they feel like everything needs to be a slow burn and that, that, that there are some things that just can't happen. Uh, Sometimes I think that they just need to let things, like, happen. Like, the TNT title, for example, I think it needs to be lost and won on Dynamite sometimes. Um, It's a TV title, that's what it's there for. Like, you have a TV mid-card title so that it can be defended, lost, and won on your weekly TV shows.
0: Yeah, I mean, Um, it's called the TNT title. Right. So let's let's have it defended and, you know, change hands
2: on TNT. Come on. Right. Cody's been doing a good job of it, and, and I'm sure that once Cody loses it, it it will it'll really start to pick up some some speed. But I, I don't know, man. I just you know, <coughs> speaking of something oh. that we that you know again NXT we give a lot of credence to and say oh it's so great, but again, so currently the uh, the North American title is uh, is is being held up. It's it's been vacated. Keith Lee, you know, gave it up with the idea of uh, having um, new competition, uh, give, giving a chance to guys. I believe is the way he said it last week. Uh, it was, and so they, they have five triple threat matches to determine the five people that are going to NXT 30 to participate in the ladder match. We talked about a little bit last week with um, Ozilla winning. Over um, Roddy Strong and Johnny Gargano, we we're like, okay, weird, but hey, you know, it's a thing. Okay, great. Uh, thick boys got to represent. Now, okay. last night, I'm not making like this is all things he's called himself. So, um, uh, last night in, a, in in the Triple Threat match, the main event was Dexter Loomis. Dexter Loomis uh, Timothy Thatcher and Finn Balor. Um three guys who I think that no matter how you sliced it, could have gone and, and, and been representative in that match and I would have had little problem with it. I feel like I I was pulling extra hard for Balor to win. Because wow, I want really? Balor to Yeah, because I want Balor to be the guy who goes and gets the title and, and gets, you know, the the NXT triple crown or whatever they're calling it. Um, but Dexter Loomis won, and it it really has me thinking if AEW doesn't have NXT Shook a little bit, and here's what I'm talking about. We talked about the young star power of AEW, how in, like, three, four years, teams like Private Party are going to be hitting their fucking stride, guys like Jungle Boy and MJF are going to be, you know, looking great. And NXT has done a great job of raiding the indies to bring in guys that are currently the indie, like, you know, the people that people love in the indies, <clears throat> to bring them over and basically, not, you know, change nothing with them. Say, here you go, here's this character that you already know from fucking Ring of Honor, PWG, wherever. <coughs> Excuse me. Oh, covid uh, nope, listener pill. Um, uh-huh. But here's the, here's the downside of that. When you do that, you bring in these people who already have had... who are basically in the twilight of their career. They're, they're at the apex of their career. Um, so now, I think that there is a resonant... push? Uh, no pun intended. To bring in some of these young guys who haven't had an established career yet, and to start making new stars in the NXT brand, Um, I think you're seeing that with this tournament. Well, not tournament, but uh, this uh, opportunity in particular. And it wouldn't surprise me if, as the matches go, like the people who win the matches are like the underdogs in each one of them. Uh, Initially, I was very upset whenever Balor didn't win last night. Uh, I would have even rather seen Thatcher in there than Loomis, but I see what they're doing. And I don't hate it.
0: I I understand your desire to see Finn Balor because that would make him the Triple Crown Champion. But when I think of Finn Balor winning the North American title, I think of Maybe it's not a fair comparison, but this is just where my mind goes. My mind goes to Ric Flair and his last his last run with WWE winning the Intercontinental title. Or Jericho in WWE winning the United States title. Like okay. a I feel like I feel like a guy like Finn Balor, having been NXT champion, having been the first Universal champion, was he WWE champion? No. Okay. But still, NXT champion, first ever Universal champion. Now he's going to go back to NXT, and he's going to win the mid-card belt there. I, I don't see the logic in that. When you could put it on a younger, maybe not in age, but in WWE career, younger, up and coming guy. Like, I feel like that's almost a waste to put it on Finn Balor when you could put it on one of these guys who haven't held a big singles title in NXT and, you know, build them up and bring them up and groom them to be on the path to an NXT champion.
1: I th- I think to to support your point a little bit is having Balor win that, yeah, it would set history as he's the first triple crown. However, then what is there for Balor to do?
0: Yeah, like he's he's won the NXT title. He's won the North American title. Yep. He's won the you know the big universal belt.
1: Well, he was the first okay. one for less than twenty-four hours, but we're we're ignoring that.
0: Well, you know, I think that's a I think that's a WWE my bad. Like, yeah, he got hurt in the match. When he came back, he should have been right back in that title picture. Like, hey, nobody beat me. I got hurt. No one beat me for this title. I have a legitimate claim to become number one contender. Yep. And they should have put the belt back. They should have put the belt right back on him, because in my view. If you're gonna go with this guy and say yep this is the dude we want to make him the first ever universal champion and he's gonna have the belt to then go to like well you got hurt sorry kid bottom of the barrel like you obviously saw something in him why not put him back in that title picture they didn't do that why i don't know it's wwe Really well, the, okay. that's there's a right. reason my bad, my bad you you make a very good point. I apologize. Uh, but I don't know. I just someone who said the career that Finn Balor has had and the caliber of Finn Balor, I feel like like that type of belt is beneath him at this point.
2: I, I, guess I guess never understood
0: me. I never understood the mindset of this guy you, you take take this wrestler here. He's going to work his way up. He's going to have the big belt. He loses the big belt. Now, all of a sudden, he's going to go to a mid-card belt. Like, I just, I I never understood that. Like, you never said that didn't happen with the big guys. That never happened with. Like, Bret Hart. When he won the WWE Championship, he didn't go back and start wrestling for the European title he didn't go back and start wrestling for the Intercontinental title. No. He made it to the WWE Championship, and he if he lost the belt, next time he wrestled for a belt, it was for the WWE Championship. Singles belt. Sorry, singles belt. Same with Shawn Michaels. Same with Stone Cold. Same with The Rock. Like, those guys didn't go to the top, lose that top belt, and go, okay, well, Let's go for the European title. Let's go for the United States title. Let's go for the intercontinental title. No, the next time they were in line for a title picture, it was the WWE title, like right back in it. Once you reach the top, you should be vying for that top belt. You shouldn't be going, okay, okay i made it to the top. I've made it to the precipice, I'm here. Well, I lost this belt, start over, push the reset
2: button, you're creating a new character. And we're gonna start from scratch. Like I just, I think that every belt matters, though. Like you know, I I hear what you're saying. Hashtag all belts but, matter. And 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 I don't know. I I, I feel like I think all belts. Ma- oh, boy, lord.
0: Yes, I think all belts are important. <laughs> if you're going to have that mindset all around, I feel like WWE is erratic when it comes to that mindset like i don't think they have that mindset of all belts are important i agree like it, too many times have they hot potatoed a lower title too many times has it gone to such random like it's to such a random extent where it's like okay it's on this guy now it's on that guy now it's on this guy like okay now it's on you know mid carter mid carter mid carter now it's on jericho mid carter mid carter mid carter now it's on flair Hell, even back whenever you had, and this is one guy that, you know, where it happened, you know, you have Triple H, WWE champion, 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 champion. He's in that streak. Now, all of a sudden, he wins the Intercontinental title again. When, you know, him and Stone Cold had the two-man power trip. Like, I get it. Yeah, two-man power trip. Like, okay, that angle kind of makes sense to me. Because they held the tag team titles, they had the WWE title, they had the Intercontinental title. They had the belts. They were the two-man power trip. That storyline made sense to me. But when you have guys get to the top and then go back down and hot potato these mid-card titles around, it doesn't seem like there's any importance to them at that point. And if all titles are going to be important, they need to be made to look like they're important. And I don't see that in the WWE.
2: So I think what shocks me more is the fact that you are taking guys who have quality matches behind them. They fucking bleed great matches. Balor, Thatcher, Gargano, Roddy Strong four guys who I don't think could put on a bad match if they tried. And as opposed to going with that, you're relying on people who don't have that track record on your biggest show. You know, it's it's the 30th TakeOver event. It's before SummerSlam, which is always going to be your biggest takeover. Um, you know, if you believe the reports, this could be you know, this this takeover could take place somewhere outside of the Performance Center or uh, outside of the NXT arena. This could be somewhere unique. Like, you... I don't know. Like, if you're telling me that you're trusting Bronson Reed, Dexter Loomis, this fucking rugby guy from, from rugby. the UK who's rugby. coming over... Um, you know and whoever the fuck else you know new guy number four and new guy number five you know fucking Isaiah Swerve Scott and oh, who the fuck ever like, you if you're telling me that you're gonna trust a ladder match which has the potential to be a show stealer in the hands of five unproven guys I I don't know What better way to have them prove themselves? Or what better way to take a big old Dookie on the biggest show of the year? Like, sometimes it is possible to outbook yourself. Now, yeah, so what do you mean
0: by unproven guys?
2: Like, guys who have not put on great matches. Guys who have had an NXT career and have not put on, you know, great matches. They've had good matches, yeah, sure. But nothing great stand out. Last night, Roddy Strong and Johnny Gargano had probably the best match on NXT TV this year. Um, it, it was outstanding. And, like, that's what I'm saying. Like, guys like that... Um, I Honestly, I think that next week, even though they're debuting this fucking rugby footballer from, uh, from the UK... Okay. Uh, I think... I think that uh, Damian Priest is going to win the match next week, and he's probably going to be the guy that they put the title on because ever since his match with Finn Balor, everybody's pretty high on him. Good for him. I'm fine with that. But uh, you know, it, it's just you know, it's it's a little shocking to me. That's all I'm saying. So, I just have a question though. When
0: you when WWE took three teams like Edge and Christian. Dudley boys, Hardy boys, and put them in that ladder match slash TLC match for those titles. First time that ever happened. Were all three of those teams, were all those guys proven guys? I mean, yeah, they had some good matches before then. They were tag teams. But that match stood out to me as the first time those three teams had a knockdown, out standing ovation. Great match. I would say that they put, they, they took those three teams. Talented guys, but you know, in WWE, what did they really do before that? Yeah, the Hardys were in the Brood. Yeah, Edge and Christian were in the Brood. Yeah, the Dudley Boys came from EC- ECW, but. Were they proven guys? Were they proven teams? You know, were those the guys you were like, yep, this is it? These these teams? Yep. Or was it that match that elevated them and took them well, from the,
2: yes, they're good, to,
0: wow, they're great?
2: I mean, but there was a lead-up, though. You remember the Terry Invitational Tournament? Like, the thing that put the Hardys and the Edge of Christman on the map was... The first ever, as far as I can remember, the tag team ladder match where there was just a sack of uh, money hanging from a rope, and you had to ascend the ladder and grab the sack of money. And you, of course, got Terry Runnels' um, managerial skills, which lasted for a cup of coffee. Uh-huh. Um, but, uh, you know, it spelled tit. Ha ha. Um, like that, like they worked that way uh-huh. up Golden. in those matches. So like, there was at least some buildup. These guys, I, I don't know. It, 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 is this it, tournament it not the to build up though? It it just seems out of left field. That that's all I'm saying is that, like, Loomis has had a nice little career. They've been protecting him nicely, um, but um, you know, nothing that makes me go, oh, this guy should be in in a in a, in a, in a, in a mid card title match. Uh, same with Bronson Reed. In fact, Bronson Reed's probably lost more than he's won. Um, most recently uh, being carrying across as victim not once but twice um, so but the key thing that you said right
0: there is a mid-card title shouldn't the mid-card titles be for guys who aren't established as proven talents to say okay these are mid-card guys they've had mid-card not, matches now they're going when for you have... a mid-card title
2: not when you have names attached to it like Adam Cole, Velveteen Dream, Johnny Gargano, and Keith Lee, and Roddy. Okay, Strong. but sure. Okay, but those guys aren't mid card guys.
0: Those guys are, are are top card guys. Or or mid to top guys. Like those are the guys that are going to be going for the big belt. Those are the guys that are going to be going for the NXT Championship. Like Adam Cole, the longest reigning NXT champion. How much sense would that make for him to go? Okay. I'm coming off of the heels of being the longest reigning NXT champion. I'm Adam Cole, baby, and now uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna be I'm gonna I'm gonna fight for this mid card title.
2: That's so that's not I I disagree because whenever there's only so much stake to go around, you you have to sometimes accept that you're not always going to get the biggest piece of steak. So sometimes you want to be the guy that at least walks out with steak. You know, Joey well, Gargano is a perfect example. He went from uh, main eventing with Ciampa to uh, dropping ooh. down with the North American title, and it worked. Like, he was a, and, and that's, that's, that's the you know, the one example I'll throw, you know, I'll throw up, Ransom, is that Gargano was a main eventer, and then he dropped down and won the North American title after he was in the main event. And it worked perfectly. You know, these things do happen. John Cena, Daniel Bryan, there are examples of people who have dropped down and done the mid card thing and it's worked out perfectly. So it can work if done well. That's you know, I
0: don't I, know. I, I, I that's the aspect you have to always look at in WWE.
2: Well, it's, it's it also,
0: also done well. How many times have we talked about upcoming pay-per-views and said, if this pay-per-view is done right, this could be the best card. Like looking at the card, it's a great card. If they do this pay-per-view right, this could be the best pay-per-view of the year. And how many times do you come out on the other end going, boy, we really set ourselves up right here. We really set ourselves up. Our expectations were high and it, and it flopped and it disappointed. I would say more times do you get disappointment with that asterisk of if they do it right, you wind up being disappointed more times than you're pleasantly pleased. So my yeah. argument is if if you're using that asterisk there saying, you know, they put these, you know, who were once top guys in for this mid-card title and they do it right, it could really work. I, I feel like there's more setup for failure there than if you say, okay, we've got these five mid-card guys who have never been on top. One of these mid-card guys is going to come out as the new North American champion. I feel like there's less setup for disappointment there than if there were either all top guys at one point vying for this title or a few top guys who had been top guys at one point now vying for this title with a smattering of have only ever been mid-card guys. feel so like there's more room for failure when you do that.
1: So you're saying I, it it adds it adds legitimacy to the belt.
2: And that, what that's, that's what I was saying about the main eventers like, you know, the the, the main eventers the the top tier guys I think being in the match would do that. Um I, like I I see Ransom's point. I really do, and and again, I'm I'm not trying to be you know, um, argumentative for argumentative's sake. I'm I'm just saying that I you know, there it's it's coming out of left field, and to me, like for WrestleMania or yeah WrestleMania for Takeover 30, I would think that they would want to put on like the best show they could, you know, with with guys like Gargano and Balor and, you know, Thatcher, and, you know, all these big names that they have that could really put on a stellar match. And and who knows? They may have plans for all those guys, too. I don't know. Um, But I just, you know, I – to me, whenever I saw that they were doing this card, I'm like, oh, man, they're going to have a a, a great mid-card title match. Um, You know, and – It it may be that. I don't know. But, you know, to me, you know, expectations are and were that, you know, that they bring some big names down for it. And again, they still may because we know WWE, they could definitely, you know, pull it out of their ass and be like, oh, well, it's a last chance match, you know, and and, and put some big names in there. Who knows? But um, I'm, I'm just saying I'm I'm more shocked than anything right now. That's all.
0: I can get you. I hear you. I do. Yeah. I'll be interested. To, I'm definitely going to be interested to see come take over, what that final match card looks like. If it's going to, you know, legitimately be, what is it, five guys?
2: Yeah, that's what it's supposed to
0: be. So I'm. 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 Hey, well, I guess I'm going to be interested to see if it is actually five guys, or if it's going to end up being five straight up mid-card guys or if there is going to be a smattering of oh look surprise finn balor found his way into this match or kevin owens found his way into this match right i'll be interested to see what it what it turns out to be
2: yep definitely gonna be watching that is to be seen as well for sure uh
0: well guys we're getting a little bit um, long on the tooth here son of a bitch <laughs> Beat me to it. Beat me to it. <laughs> uh, do you want to go ahead and uh, give uh, give gratuities to uh,
2: to the people that sponsor the show? We are so thankful. Okay, this is to have such wonderful sponsors like Casual Gaming Dad. Check him out on Casual Gaming Dad's corner, where he plays. All manner of video games. Playing now
0: as we record.
2: To modern. As well, Sean Tischler and everything he does with the IWC. That's right, the IWC. uh, And his work with bringing them to Clearfield. uh, Always produces a great show. Uh, Hopefully there will be some great shows in the future sooner rather than later. But we are thankful to have all of those wonderful sponsors like those two shout outs to gold gaming for our wonderful uh, shirts as well
0: ransom p3 uh, shirts check
2: us
1: out boy oh I get to talk now okay no, <laughs> no uh, thank you guys so much for listening you uh, all applicable links are in the description down below for all those things we talked about like uh gold gaming and uh thank you uh to them as well i know beef thanked them but also thank you to casual gaming dad for uh mr tiger (laughs) we gotta have one per episode there bomb tom and his uh his uh having us in his shop and having our shirt available we really appreciate that and uh things are things are getting uh confusing and interesting and uh, turbulent in the world of wrestling, it seems. It really does. It's an interesting time that we live in, isn't it, folks? For Mr. Beast no. the Legend, Mr. Alec Ransom, huh. and myself, the inevitable, oh, reigning, nope. defending, no, nope. undisputed,
2: not the cruiserweight champion,
1: Mr. Poot the Bard, baby. Have a wonderful evening.
0: Mad Champs not defeated. Suck my dick. Oh! Uh. No! <hashtician> ah! Ah! do 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 the board. What a total tard. It's Poot the Bard. You're gonna punch him right in the Charizard. Poop the Bard. Oh, well, I didn't weed whack that part, did I?